You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today... We are talking about Star Wars again, and this time it is Star Wars Visions. So uh, this one just dropped on Disney Plus on, I believe, Wednesday, September 22nd. And as massive Star Wars fans, of course, listen to our very first episode if you want to hear more about that. We had to watch this show, but it is very uh, unique in many ways. Uh, so this one is a nine episode miniseries, and we're not sure if we're going to get another season. From Oh, seven- we'll get another season. Yeah from seven different animation studios. And it's more filmed in the style of anime rather than mm-hmm. traditional animation, like cartoons that you would probably recognize. So this was a bit of a departure for my dad and I, because we don't really watch anime related things. Uh, some Star Wars And fans- generally, I don't watch a lot of animated things as well. I mean, I've not seen not Bad Story, Batch yet. I've not seen The Clone Wars. I've not mm-hmm. seen... You know, car- um, cartoons or animation are, are not generally my thing. Right, right. But I'm sure you remember the Saturday morning cartoons when you were a kid. Um, but that is an entirely different episode, which will be the best episode ever because Saturday morning cartoons is where it's at. And I know my friends, Chris and Alan, if they're listening, are completely agreeing. <laughs> I think everybody, even my generation, remembers Saturday morning cartoons. I wonder, uh, sometimes I wonder about Generation Alpha, uh, the next one. But regardless, uh, so we went into this really not knowing what was going on. I hadn't even watched a trailer. Uh, I just kind of wanted to go in fresh because it was a completely new Star Wars experience. And I wanted to sort of see if Disney was going to take this as something that was entirely their own. Because uh, let's admit, all of the movies that they've released have been sort of they've they've kind of been based off of the valor and you know glory of the previous ones you know there's been a lot of fan service just to keep people happy and i don't really think there's been nearly as much creative experimentation on disney's part now some people might disagree with me but you could also probably argue that episode 7 the force awakens is almost a carbon copy of episode four. So we were really excited to go into this and see what was new, what was different. And and, and let's point out that uh, we are recording uh, at a point in time where we have each finished the last episodes separately, of course, within the last hour. So this is very fresh. And Mm -hmm. per usual, Gen X has not talked to Gen Z about this so that Mm -hmm. we can share our perspectives live to our audience. Very cool. So we're going to go into this spoiler free for a few minutes, and then we are going to go heavy into spoilers episode by episode. So you have been warned. All right. So um, episode uh, episode one was called The Duel. And this one was super interesting because immediately the animation sort of grabbed me. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I what I appreciated about this is that it felt entirely unique from everything else Star Wars or even Disney has offered in general. Um, I appreciated that it had very, it had a very clear art direction and it told a new story, but I also kind of liked the liberties they took with the Star Wars saga. Of course, there, uh, across all the episodes, there was heavy Japanese influences and a lot of, um, I would say 
minor fan service here and there. But for the most part, what I liked about the series was that it did, it could stand on its own two feet. And if you can say one thing about it, it's that it didn't rely on past characters or too many past elements. In many ways, it tried to be its own set of unique anthology stories, which was something. Yeah. Are you referring to the first episode or the entire series? Really just the entire series. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I erroneously referenced just the first episode, but that's what grabbed me from the onset. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, the series, I have to say that I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about it. Um, It's not bad by any means. But I can't say that I was over the moon during some episodes and I was definitely checking uh, my phone for the time just to sort of, you know, see how long it was going. Um, But I have to say there was a lot of creative direction here. There were some very cool scenes and um, I was pleased that I was seeing something different from Disney Plus, you know. It wasn't an, ex- an extension of the Clone Wars or maybe the movies we've already seen before. They were entirely bottled episodes that were their own. And I kind of liked that there was no sense of continuity and really no canonical elements to the story. It just sort of was. So that was cool. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I would uh, almost agree. I would say this is not a series I would have watched if we were not going to discuss it for the for the podcast. As much as I love Star Wars and uh, I think we've established that I love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm not as excited about the, the, um, the, I hate to use this word, the path they're, they're taking, sort of the branches. Uh-huh. I think it's impressive that there are so many extensions, so many extensions of this universe. And that alone is something I appreciate, but it's not necessarily something I would have watched voluntarily. Um, Noah suggested this, and I like the idea because it, it's almost a return to our roots. We're almost 10 months into the podcast, and um, I thought it would be fun. And, and I had fun with this. I, I have to say that it was, um, you know, I think we've established that I like short episodes of everything. Yeah. So when one episode was 20 minutes, I felt like that was... <laughs> long yeah i was i was <laughs> so, definitely i was definitely te- uh, checking the time on the eighth episode yeah sure. yeah so uh, overall i thought it was uh, fun it was entertaining uh varying degrees and we're going to get into each episode in just a moment um but am i going to be waiting for season two should there be a season two probably not i like the departure i like the the japanese influences Mm-hmm. I actually wondered if there was intended to be some continuity between certain episodes, but I, I think in the end, I established that there, there wasn't continuity. We, um, can, we can discuss episode nine, because I believe that was the strongest callback to a certain character that people might recognize uh, when we go into the spoiler section, but I okay. agree for the most part, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So th- those are my thoughts. Uh, you know, I, um, let's, let's dig into it. No, let's, right, cool. let's start with episode one, the duel. All right. You started to spoiler section. You have been warned. Turn off the podcast if you want to watch it without spoilers. All right. But don't ever turn off this podcast. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So um, we have the duel and uh, we're looking at a list on IMDb so that we can remember all the episodes. I think the duel was a strong start. Um, If it had started with any episode other than the duel, the ninth Jedi, or probably. I want to say the elder, then it 
would have been really weak. And I think it probably would have lost a lot of viewership. The duel was really interesting because it had probably the best animation style. In my opinion, it was very shadowy. It was almost like pencil drawn. It seemed very um, deliberate in its delivery, of course. And we got to see a lightsaber duel. Um, Now, one of the things of the series, which we'll uh, dive into a little bit as we go into more episodes is that the lightsabers and the fights were very, very restrained. They were always holstering their weapons, and I wish that they would battle it out just a little bit more. However, I did like the self-contained story. It was a village being taken over by the Galactic Empire or the New Order. I can't really tell where it was in the timeline, but uh, it introduced an interesting uh, new Jedi and uh, a villain with an umbrella lightsaber nonetheless so of course that was far-fetched but as soon as i saw that i sort of recognized where we we're headed for the rest of the series so um i, I w- i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say that i took off my serious star wars fan sort of hat and then i just set it aside and just allowed myself to enjoy it i would say this one was probably an easy seven seven and a half for me i thought it was quite good and i was looking forward to the next episode by the end of it yeah i would say that the duel was probably a very fitting start for this Mm -hmm. i also enjoyed the episode what i thought was most interesting was that it almost wasn't fully drawn it was a sketch come to life Yes. Um, it was really not full animation in a, in a sense of the, the vibrant colored animation that we get in subsequent episodes and what mm-hmm. we're accustomed to in most um, animated uh, kind of things. So for me, the duel was a nice beginning because it was uh, a fresh feeling, fresh um, visuals and a tight story. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a big fan of less is more. Mm-hmm. So the lead character who is this mysterious Jedi is not someone who speaks a whole lot and just gets the job done. And that's what I liked about the episode. So um, I, I, I'm not going to rate each episode mm-hmm. because I'm looking at a rating on IMDb. I'll rate the entire series at the conclusion of this episode. Yeah, I think that's pretty fitting. And I'll do the same myself. Um, all right. So moving on next, we have Tatooine Rhapsody, which was arguably the painful most- This was definitely the biggest departure from um, the rest of any Star Wars and probably the entire uh, season of this uh, series. So Tatooine Rhapsody has a band. This one seemed very childlike to me. I felt far too old to be watching this episode. And how Um, old are you now? Well, I'm... 24 tomorrow so um it's you know even as a star even as a star wars fan who'll watch read and you know generally consume most of their media i did feel like this one had a much different sort of audience that they were targeting they maybe needed one episode that was probably for 10 to 14 year olds 8 to 15 year olds something like that and i felt like this one was just a little bit weak it was a retreaded story of, you know, the empire kidnaps somebody and it's just like, Oh, I feel it's like, I feel bad. We have to save him. You know, we're not just, we're not just a team. We're a band. It, it, the episode is about four rockers and one of them gets taken away to, uh, by job of the huts cronies, Boba Fett. Um, and so they want to get him back. So they play at a pod race and then Jabba's about to execute them. And then the whole crowd's like, oh, one more song, one more song. And then they play another song. I have to say, I thought it was the 
song that they played was fun, but pop punk is so out of place in Star Wars and my suspension of disbelief at, at a certain point, I was just like, okay, this one is a little bit too far-fetched for me. And while it's cute, it wasn't necessarily quality, you know? Yeah, I would say this is for the youngest audience uh, that perhaps will watch this. I was going to say six to, to eight-year-olds. Um, I would also say uh, the pluses of this episode were anytime you get to see um, Boba and um, Jabba, mm-hmm. life is good. But anytime you have to watch a pod race, life is not good. So <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. And we're going to move on to episode three, which is entitled I... uh, The Twins. Yes, the twins. So um, go ahead and talk about this one first okay. for me, because okay. I just want to know what you thought about this. Yeah. So the twins, I'm just going to say, had so much potential and didn't realize any of that potential. Twins born into the dark side clash aboard a massive star destroyer. Now, one of the things that is quite repetitive in the entire series is that um, certain crystals are necessary to develop a lightsaber. And And these are kyber crystals, which are necessary, I think, to develop both Sith and Jedi lightsabers. And this is a heavy theme that was over the course of almost- Oh, heavy theme. I mean, if if you didn't leave this series recognizing that you need these crystals, you you were sleeping. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, the big battle is done on top of a Star Destroyer, I think. Um, And it's, um, I, I just thought it was over the top uh it was i don't even remember the conclusion i think the the dark side won as i recall but it was just um you know brother and sister going at it uh, you know again once again we have the 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 twins theme here so you know we know luke and leia are twins and and so in, in that sense it felt like okay i see where we're going with this but um for me i felt like this i thought it was going in one direction well i always like it when the good side wins right and um, I just felt like it just did not meet the potential it had to be a satisfying conclusion of any kind. I don't even remember how it concluded. How did it conclude, Z? So I agree with you mostly. Uh, the light side definitely won in this case. He sliced oh. the entire Star Destroyer. <laughs> that was all the way back yesterday. How am I supposed to remember <laughs> that? <laughs> well, he sliced the entire Star Destroyer in half. So um, I, I would definitely say it was a clear win for... Oh, is that uh, what that visual was? I couldn't quite figure it out. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, this one had, obviously, it had some promise, like you were saying, a good setup. But I was, I was really questioning the rules of this episode, because he's in a starfighter, and then he gets pulled out into space. And I'm like, Oh, he's gonna start choking. Nope, they can both breathe, talk. I thought the same thing. They were so like, just hanging out there in the air with no helmets of any kind, no Mm -hmm. oxygen, no nothing. It, there were no rules to this episode. It, it's just like it's just like why do you even need a starfighter? I suppose it's like right. a car to get around. I suppose, but I mean, right. I guess you're going to be fine otherwise and not float away or whatever. Anyway, um, this is where I think the the biggest problem with anime, like anime style, um, kind of comes into this. A friend of mine um, is a big anime fan, and he told me to watch this one episode of a TV series, and he's like, "It's so good, this and that." And they stare and talk at each other for a long time without really doing anything. And I noticed that a lot in this episode. Well, now, in subsequent episodes too, your mother was watching one with me just now. <laughs> she was like, there's way too much talking in this for Star Wars. Yeah. And I felt like this one just sort of 
went out with a whimper. There were some elements that were interesting. I would say visually, this was probably the most striking in many ways. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the lightsaber tentacles and like the Grievous on steroids kind of six arms lightsabers was kind of a cool. whole lot of Grievous on steroids in multiple episodes here. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, the lightsaber battles, it's like three or four clashes and then they start talking again and then like standing off against each other. I, 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 I have to admit, I thought this one was just went completely over the top. And yeah. while I didn't hate it, it it could have been a lot better. And I think I was wishing for that by the end. Um, so you know that is the twins and that is episode three so we're going to move on to episode four which i personally think is probably the worst because i felt a little bit checked out during this episode um this one is about it's called the village bride and it is about um a bride who is being who is in an arranged marriage is that correct to an imperial officer i believe i I watched wasn't 100% sure what was going on in this episode. In my opinion, it was the weakest of the nine. And I was ready to move on about three minutes into the episode. Yeah, I really didn't have much investment in this one. Um, there's very little action, uh, except at the very end, there's a blaster bolt that gets, you know, caught in midair, like in episode seven. And then it hits the person. Um, and then there's one slice, and then the bad guy's done. I just felt like there was way too much setup in this for there to actually for the climax yeah when we got to the actual confrontation Mm -hmm. it it seemed a a little too little too late right and this could have easily been an episode that could have shaved off 10 minutes it could have been a 13 minute one Uh um so and this is where i started noticing this as well they do a lot of exposition in this their dialogue (laughs) it's it it kind of it's just like i know they're trying to short episodes of course it's like you need to be able to understand it but i felt like they were just shoving it in my face they're just like talking to each other but it's like they're also giving this really heavy-handed exposition just to like set up like the framework and the setting of course and i was just like i i don't care about this it's just like i don't feel anything for these characters you know i i was i was ready to watch episode five by then because i knew that this was the good one or like the big one that you know, some people had been really liking. So let's go ahead and move on over to episode five, which is. Well, that's interesting to me that this, that you knew in advance that this was the big one, episode nine, uh, or uh, sorry, episode five, the ninth, the ninth Jedi. Um, I didn't realize that, but um, uh, you know, right before we started this episode, I had to have you remind me exactly what that episode entailed. And, And now of course I do remember it. And honestly, I do think it's one of the stronger entries um, it's the daughter of a lightsaber, a lightsaber smith. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, there are apparently far more lightsabers in the galaxy than I ever knew, because people are just creating them left and right because the crystals are everywhere. Anyway, I was, I was fine with that because it doesn't specifically tell you where you are in the Star Wars universe or if it even connects to the Star Wars universe we know. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like there can be. I I, I understand, and I can yeah. I can appreciate and respect what you're saying and i don't disagree but i also thought wow we're just i mean because you didn't know you don't know what the timeline or anything like that and they're good stories and i mean honestly if you don't have a lightsaber what do you have in star wars right yeah they were kind of like iphones though everybody had one so uh, right exactly so the daughter of a lightsaber smith is pursued by dark forces while on a dangerous mission so you want to expand on that z 
Yeah, so there's a little bit of a twist in this episode. Um, you know, there's a group of people who are just talking, and then a giant, very sinister droid comes in and starts basically like saying, We gotta find this person, you know, the daughter of this lightsaber smith or whatever. And then this lightsaber smith goes to this group of people trying to uh say, you know, I have this, you know, I have this lightsaber, I have this crystal, like basically giving them a lead as to move the plot forward. And then it's revealed that all of those people are Sith Lords in a very cool little twist where all of them turn on their red lightsabers. So it's like, okay, I see what's going on here. And so the girl is surrounded and then um, the person, and the droid, uh, act, it's actually revealed that there's a person inside and they were a Jedi spying uh, to see if those people were bad guys, Sith, essentially. So a pretty big lightsaber battle ensues and there's, I think, maybe three or four good guys fighting against six of these bad guys. Uh, Two of them get cut down pretty fast. And, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed how there was like a little, you know, it was a little bit more gritty this time. Um, And Disney actually does not allow uh, people's arms to get sliced off, at least in the video games that are licensed by them uh, with lightsabers anymore. So, you know, no blood, none of that. Uh, Django Fett getting his head cut off by Mace Windu kind of stuff anymore. But I did appreciate, you know, how there was actual. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I appreciate how there were actual consequences in this. Um, But I think the weird thing is there was uh, finally they get one guy left and the guy's like, hey, like snap out of it. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. The dark side took over me. And it's just like, oh, okay. Apparently the dark side, apparently you can just shake the dark side anytime you want. Was this the episode where everybody had the the uh, lightsaber and depending on whether you were a Sith or a Jedi, the color sort of emerged as a result, or was that the next? Oh, it, that was a subsequent episode. It very, I thought that was well, kind of cool. I think it, I think it was, it, it kind of changed up and I thought that was neat. Um, and it did probably have the most violent scene. Like this guy falls on this, I guess, dry ice or something like that. And it's so, oh, yeah. it's that? so cold that he like ends up burning or something like that. And he's yeah. like screaming. He's like, ah, so it's just like, okay, there was definitely, you know, some element of darkness there. So we yeah. got a lot of action in this one. It was nice and tight. It wasn't like a 23 minute episode, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. And um, I would definitely say it engaged me more than the yeah. other ones. So that Agreed. is episode five. We're moving on to episode six, which is T O B one. And I'll admit and is it is it 2b1 2b1 something yeah. like that um uh-huh. anyway so when i first started watching this episode i was like oh boy this is another one of the kid-centered ones i was just like this is this is too animation like too anime for me and then it grew on me i actually thought it was really sweet spirited um it, so there's uh there is a guy who is a tinker and he makes a bunch of robots on this remote planet that doesn't have life. And his number one goal for all the robots and him is to develop life on this planet. And so one day as in, as in grass and growing things, vegetation, you know, just vegetation. Right. Right. And so, you know, one of the robots gets super curious. It's like a child essentially. And it's saying, you know, you know, I want to, you know, I want more from this. I've heard about Jedi and, you know, I want to be one. And then he reveals himself to be a Jedi when the kid finds something uh, like a starship or something. And um, he, the kid sets off a transmission. It's in the basement. I swear it's in the basement. He's like, he's like, he's like, don't go. He's like, don't, don't go, go in the basement. basement. Like, it's just like, how do you a starship <laughs> from somebody? Anyway, so um, he's like, don't go in the basement. Kid goes in the basement, starts turning on 
the um, ship and it sends a radio transmission to a Sith of some sort. And so the guy is like, all right, uh, so they're coming. Um, I'm a Jedi, by the way. And then I realized he had no arms. So I was like, okay. And he's like, I have to go. Um, and then he um, dies and the entire, their, their home is destroyed. And so the little robot gets sad and then eventually finds a way to develop all that life and vegetation that they were not able to create for years and years. Um, and then the Sith comes back and I thought it was kind of cool how the robots fought him. And, you know, this Sith was easily just like an evil guy who was. Well, I liked it when he said John. a robot Jedi. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. So it's just like, you know, it was kind of saying what the audience was thinking. Right. Um, and I have to admit, this episode was cute. It was good natured. It was kind hearted. And I think it sort of captured the spirit of wonder that I had as a kid when I was watching the original Star Wars films. So in a lot of ways, if Tatooine Rhapsody just felt too youthful, this one felt like it had a sense of wonder, which I appreciated. So I, I'll admit this one grew on me and it's probably, it was probably the fourth best episode overall, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I loved this episode. I thought I was, I, when I started it, I thought, no, this is not for me. It's the most juvenile of all the episodes, but it really grew on me. That kid was really sweet. Uh, the childlike wonder is a great way to describe it. I thought whoever voiced him did a really nice job. And um, he just wanted to grow up and be a Jedi. And that was his goal. And that's what, you know, the end result was. It's a really sweet episode. One, I, if I was to go back and watch any of these episodes again, mm -hmm. that's the one I would go to. And yeah. I'm really surprised I'm saying that because four hours ago when I, when I was watching it, I started to watch it. I thought, no, this is not for me. This is really going downhill quickly. But in, in the end, it was uh, one of my one of my favorite entries. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to the seventh episode, which is The Elder. This one is probably my favorite. Um, I thought this was cool because it centered around a Jedi apprentice or Padawan and his master. And the master is stoic, very much like Qui-Gon Jinn in many ways. Um, and uh, Loved the master. Loved right. the Padawan. Yes. And the Padawan was very eager. And then the master. Dan. Dan is the Padawan. Eager. Yeah. And then the master gave him very sage words saying, you know, a Jedi never seeks out a fight. He says, you're eager. And, you know, then he is basically saying, you know, Jedi look for peace and only, and, you know, only they'd never seek out aggression. Only in times of like strife, essentially, do they ever have to defend themselves for the purpose of peace. And so I liked that. I thought that was really sage Star Wars wisdom. And it really melded the best with sort of the Jedi way that we have come to know and appreciate. So they go to this planet and they discover that there is a mysterious Sith ship on it. So they split up. Although the, uh, the Padawan, what was his name? Dan. Dan. He really easily convinced the master to split up when the master was like, no, it's not a good idea. And he's like, no, how about I go separately and I take the children with me to guide me? what when there's a sith out on the loose yeah, anyway but the master knows better he knew he would be able to you know sort of be in touch with them kind of thing so yeah so I, I could go with it because of that yeah yeah anyway so they find a dead carcass of some powerful animal and then all of a sudden you see this much like a bantha exactly you see this hooded figure and then it's basically saying you know 
He's like, I was looking for you. Now I know it's like, you're a weak person. And I know a stronger person will come once I like destroy you. And then a fight ensues. And then, you know, the rest is history. I thought this had probably the best sense of staring down and fighting. I liked the rain sort of on the lightsabers in this one, how they sizzled. That was really cool. So the art style was beautiful. I thought the story was well told. And this was like a nice tight contained um, narrative where you felt like a little bit of, you felt for the characters. You actually wanted to see how the outcome would be in that sense. It introduced um, an interesting sort of like Sith runaway or uh, mercenary. And um, it ended with some pretty sage advice too. It's just like, you know, uh, he essentially said, you know, the outcome might've been different if um, that Sith was younger or something like that, or if he hadn't yeah. been so old. And he's like, you know, and I forgot the quote that he said at the end, but it was really- I know, but it's pretty strong. There's some there's some lessons to be learned from this episode. I, your mom even uh, had commented on that too. I, I would say I liked this episode. I would say it's, um, uh, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of the older guy himself, but mm-hmm. uh, just because I, we didn't quite understand or get to know exactly uh, who he was. But I liked the relationship between the Jedi Master and the um, Padawan. I also liked the relationship between the Padawan and the, and the, the children. I also thought the interesting part of the, the people of this planet were that they were very quiet and reserved. And um, yeah, there was a lot of sage advice in this episode. I, I, would, I would say it was a fairly strong one. Yeah, definitely. This uh, this was probably my favorite episode of them all. Um, And I appreciated how it was different. It told a different story, but it probably followed the Star Wars sort of feel. And yeah, it felt like one of the movies. It it felt like one of the movies. It felt like it could have been made by George Lucas. Yes. So, okay. Um, Number eight is the worst episode. Uh, this is Lop. I do not disagree. This is Lop and Ocho, uh, possibly also the longest episode to our death. 20 minutes, 20 long minutes, 23, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So, um, yeah, I don't count the, the credits and the intro. <laughs> exactly. So the setup for this one is that um, the Empire has taken over like some community on a planet and, uh, you know, one girl is in shackles and she's like a rabbit type of creature. And then a family takes her in, and then um, in order to not cause further chaos on the planet, the the daughter of the family that took this central character in joins the Empire. And um, it's it sounds more interesting than it is. It's I basically water is thicker than blood. Mm-hmm. Um, because the blood daughter decided that the empire was going to take better care of them. The father was resistant to that. The adopted daughter was siding with the father and ultimately the family was split apart. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in theory, the lesson there was, it, it was pretty good, but this one ended so abruptly and a couple of the other episodes ended so abruptly too. But I liked the way it ended all of a sudden. I mean, the, the daughter who was convinced who sided with the empire, she just got on the Imperial starship or the, the whatever. And she just flew away. And that was it. I was like, okay, done. Yeah. I was, I, I can't say I wasn't excited when the credits rolled, but at the same time (laughs) it was, um, it, it was just like, Oh, it's over. All right. That's fine. Um, and then moving on to episode nine, which is called, uh, forgive me if I'm incorrect in pronouncing this, 
Akakiri. Akakiri is how I would say it, yeah. Yeah. So a Jedi returns to his forbidden love to help defend her kingdom from the Sith-like Shogun. I have to say that I read the synopsis or what I just read, the um, description Mm -hmm. of the episode, and then I watched it, and I wasn't sure I was watching what was described. Yeah, I actually think this is um, a decent finish for the series. I think this is one of the better ones out of them all. Um, I wasn't so sure for the first 10 minutes, but the last three minutes where it's sort of (laughs) all tied together and he has a vision or a flashback. Yeah, what is that vision? It puts him in pain too. So he's saying that pre there's no such thing as predestination you know your fate is not determined but every but it's said the sith who he faces says your fate has always been sealed essentially alluding to the fact that he was always meant to be a sith because he does have anger and rage in him and i think that flashback was a younger version of palpatine it really looked like him and this the voice sounded like him i think that was supposed to be palpatine so oh, um, i missed that yeah so I was um, I was very curious to see that. And then essentially his fears were confirmed. And I kind of liked that this had an ending that where the hero really didn't survive. He, have, he mm-hmm. killed his love. And then in a Star Wars episode three fashion, but it actually worked. Um, the Sith says, you know, join the dark side, you know, be my prince, be my right hand and we can bring her back. So they bring her back. And then, you know, he joins the Sith. He joins the Legion of, uh, you know, terror of the terror group that is on that planet, essentially sealing his fate and proving him wrong that his destiny, uh, that his destiny was predetermined. You know, he didn't get to choose his own fate. It would happen like that regardless. And I think that was a callback to Anakin having visions of Padme dying and whatnot. Mm-hmm, and this sort mm-hmm. of more yeah, there were a lot of those. That. Very so, clear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it was cool how this one had sort of the bad ending, but it definitely um, ended on a bit of a thoughtful note. At the end, I was glad that I was finished with the series, and I wanted to hear what you said about it because, as a collective whole, it's very inconsistent. You know, there's even in the bad episodes or worse episodes, there is some enjoyment to be had, but I will admit I probably won't watch this series over again. And if I were to watch another episode, it would probably be the elder or uh, TOB one. So episode six or seven. Um, and I think we've cited those as some of our favorites. I was going to ask you what your top three favorite episodes were. I will start with mine and I will say, cob1 was number one i would say the elder was probably number two and i'd probably say the duel was number three for me yeah i would say the elder is number one for me the duel is number two however i probably wouldn't watch that over again Uh uh-huh yeah no i actually watched it twice because I got a slow start and had to re- restart it a time or two, actually. Yeah, and I'm kind of between the Ninth Jedi and TOB1. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's sort of interchangeable. I think TOB1 sort of grew on me a little bit more, so I would probably go against what I was saying previously and pl- uh, place that as my third favorite episode. But, um, yeah, um, overall, if you're a Star Wars fan, I mean, this is certainly recommended. because I agree. 
we we honest we honestly are just getting bits and pieces uh, after the last or the rise of Skywalker. So I, I, I want more unique stories. And I feel like Disney is finally starting to push that out, especially before the Obi-Wan series, which we will be reviewing. And I will, we be will be reviewing myself. We will be watching it on the moment. It is, it is streaming. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is a good little sort of fun diversion from uh, while you're waiting for something more substantial right um it's cool that this happened i thought it was going to be more akin to the 2003 and 4 or 2004 and 5 uh animated clone war series but um i would say this was far less interesting but i think there was an honest earnest attempt at trying to make it their own so overall i can i can respect the originality without too much fan service but it wasn't my favorite and i'm kind of left feeling like Eh, I'm glad I watched it, but I probably won't revisit it. All right. <clears throat> On a scale of one to five Z's, what would you give it? Two and a half Z's. Same. Okay. Let's let's move on to check it out. Cool. Done. All right. All right. Moving on to check it out. So Shall I start. Um, I actually do have a check it out. It is a little bit more of a PSA, but if you uh if you are a movie fan, such as ourselves, uh, James Bond, No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's last outing comes out on Friday, October 8th, uh, but you can buy advanced tickets now um, at pretty much every uh, major theater if you're comfortable uh, going and doing that. But uh, me and uh, six of my friends just bought tickets today and uh, we're super excited for it. So there's a lot of seven o'clock and 840 showings, but uh, they're filling up fast. So if you want to see No Time to Die early on uh, Thursday night or Friday, make sure to grab your tickets. Just a little bit of a reminder because a friend of mine reminded me today. And we got all, all of us together and made sure to grab seats next to each other. So uh, remember that. Okay, so in case you are a listener thinking, boy, uh, Greg and Noah agree on a lot of things. Uh, we do not agree on James Bond. Um, I, I am the I'm the lost generation of James Bond. My father, Noah's grandfather, was the biggest James Bond fan. Fan I, I was for a time, and I like some of the older ones. But I and I like Daniel Craig as James Bond. But I have just not been into those last few movies. So this is one I'm going to skip, and I'm going to be fine with that. So uh, I will not be watching No Time to Die. Well, that's fair. Um, I mean, Spectre wasn't really memorable i don't really remember much from it except for the opening scene and dave bautista's character and then but i didn't uh, love skyfall either i know that's sacrilege to people but i love skyfall quantum of solace was just forgettable action movie but you know i think casino, casino royale, royale was the last one i liked oh that was the first uh daniel craig, daniel craig one yeah and that one is that one is quite good so um i you know i just like daniel craig i like yeah. bond he's and, a good bond there's no question about that this is uh, and who they have uh, succeed him is going to be big. My check it out is a, is a, is a TV show. Big surprise there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did have a departure last week and I had a podcast. And I actually have another podcast, but I'll save that for next week's check it out. This one is called The Morning Show mm-hmm. and it is on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. We finally uh, broke down and because we don't have enough streaming services, we got another one this week and it's Apple TV+. Plus. And The Morning Show is... Um, no, it's with uh, Steve Carell, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese Witherspoon. So, I mean, come on Is now. Jennifer Aniston still acting? I felt like she just took a break for five years. Oh, she's the star. She is the star. The rest of them are supporting actors around her. Well, those friends were but, um, really pay off. So, 
Yeah. He's what? Those friends royalties really paying dividends. Yeah, so. exactly. It's a very interesting, thought-provoking look at uh, the politics associated with network television news. And that is a world that I was very interested in pursuing for a lot of years, which is why I went to the college I attended. Um, I ultimately did not pursue that and have never regretted not going into that world. Um, but it's an interesting, I, I'm not sure the writing is as on point as it could be, but it's fascinating to watch. It's uh, reasonably well executed and I think has a lot of promise. And season two just got posted. So we are, uh, I think we're halfway through episode four of season one. So All right. check it out. Before, the morning we- show. Before we end it, I'm asking the question that everybody wants to know. Is this a serious Steve Carell role or is he Steve Carell as the funny man? Oh, no. He is very serious. Really? So I th- Oh, the only, yes. The only other one I can recall that's serious from him is Foxcatcher. And yeah, no, he's I, very serious. You and I planned on watching that seven years ago. I, I want to watch that, Noah. Yeah, we should definitely we should. find time to do that. All right. All right, cool. So thank you very much for listening to another episode of ZZ Talk. We love talking about star wars and uh hopefully we'll have more content on the way soon because yeah. Ewan mcgregor uh just confirmed that obi-wan has uh wrapped filming uh so that's very exciting but until next week well um, before we go mm-hmm. before we go i have to take a moment and wish my oldest son a very happy birthday tomorrow i'm really excited that tomorrow's your birthday just because you're the coolest person ever so there you Thank have you it so much I appreciate that. Yeah, I Absolutely. honestly keep forgetting it's my birthday. Everybody keeps mm-hmm. reminding me. I'm just like, I feel celebrated already, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've got my balloons behind me. Everything. I see is, them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everything's It's going to be fun tomorrow. But uh, yes, uh, we are signing off. So I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is ZZ, ZZ Talk. Talk. All right. right. I'm not sure if we're going to get it. It's better when we're in person together. I agree. Yeah. All right.